You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 26. Well, hey there, welcome back to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and as always, I am honored and grateful that you are allowing me to spend a little bit of your day with you. This episode is sponsored by my upcoming workshop to help you assess the health of your PMO and put a solid action plan in place to help you drive more impact in the new year. If you have a PMO up and running and want to find ways to drive even greater value in the new year and get the attention that you need from your stakeholders and executives, this will help you do just that and get you laser focused on exactly what works. Starting a PMO from scratch, even better. Let's look at where you can provide the biggest value to your organization and set that PMO up for success from the start. Let's make sure you do it once and do it right without the headaches or uncertainty that can come from not having that perfect plan. Join me at pmostrategies.com forward slash workshop. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash workshop to get your 2020 year off to a high impact start. Today, we are going to talk about a topic that comes up so regularly in the PMO and project management space, and that is the idea of outsourcing. We're specifically going to focus on outsourcing the PMO because in my consulting side of the business, I get calls all the time. Hey, we want to outsource our PMO. Can you and a team come in and run the PMO for us? And it can be an extremely enticing idea. Imagine you have someone else that can come in and set everything up for you and run the PMO for you and handle all of that project management activity and governance and support. It sounds very, very tempting. I'm often called upon to help build or rescue a PMO for an organization. And usually it's the executive that calls me and says, hey, I've got to outsource my PMO. I know we need it done, but we don't have the talent here. And while this might be a dream situation for so many consulting firms out there, I'll tell you why as a consultant, I'm against it. Now, All of the consultants listening right now hate me because what I'm going to share with you kind of affects their bottom line. But all of you consultants listening, definitely stay tuned because what I'm going to share here helps you too. You see, it helps you in figuring out how to actually provide real value, real impact that will explode your business. In fact, my consulting practice has been a 100% referral-based business since the very beginning. My clients come to me as referrals from other happy clients. I don't do a bunch of business development and sales development and reaching out and promotion of my consulting practice. In fact, I had a company that was referred to me point out the fact that I don't have much about it on my website at all. And that's true because I'm able to be selective and take on the clients that I want to take on in this engine of referral business that keeps coming my way. So as a consultant, 
pay attention because what you'll learn here can help you in reaching your clients in a way that will get you ultimately what you're looking for, which is more referral business and more business with those clients than you would likely see with this outsourced approach. You see the typical consulting engagement, and I've seen this time and time again when I was inside organizations as a PMO leader and executive, is to get in and stay in. You see, if they get in there and solve your problem quickly and move on, then they're out looking for more work. So the goal of a consulting practice is to find ways to continue to be there, which means they need to continue to provide value. And there are many great consulting companies out there. So this is not about bashing consulting. I do have another episode that I will share with you very soon about how to find the right consultant to help you with your PMO and project management needs. There are good ones out there. In fact, I happen to know one. We run a company that does this. However, our approach is very, very different than that typical consulting mindset. You see, when my team goes into an organization, the minute we get there, we're looking how to get out. What I mean by that is our approach is to look at how we can solve the pain point, address the problem, and make it so that the organization is sustainable without us. And therein lies the problem with outsourcing your PMO. While there is certainly more revenue for a consulting firm in being able to hire all the staff for a PMO and run the organization, and quite frankly, be in there for the long term, there are far greater risks to the organization and eventually to that consultant, ultimately making it a lose-lose situation. Before I was a consultant, I spent 17 years inside organizations as a PMO leader and also as an executive looking to improve project and program delivery, as well as overall governance and portfolio management for the organizations I was working in. I know firsthand how hard it can be to drive change in an organization and build the kind of project management capability necessary for sustained improvement in project delivery. Not just improvement though, but real impact and driving to those outcomes. Even in organizations where you don't hit much change resistance, there are still challenges that take place when you are transforming the way an organization functions. If you are going to make an investment in an improvement like this, you will want to give that improvement every possible opportunity for success. For many organizations, when you don't have that capability internally, it can seem pretty appealing to turn it over to a consulting firm that can just handle it for you. Just take it off your shoulders and just do what they do, right? Well, it certainly is appealing to let an outside company handle things for you, especially when you have other priorities and other things that you need to be focusing your energy on. There are some serious risks to the ultimate success of that endeavor that must be considered. Now, is this the scenario 100% of the time? Probably not, but it's so frequent that it does lead to a lot of the PMO failures that we hear and that we talk about. And the core of the problem is how we are treating this investment. That's right. When we outsource our PMO or when we do our PMO ourselves, we are making an investment, an investment in time, energy, focus, resources, and of course, funding. So we want to make sure we give that investment 
as much opportunity for success. So before you consider outsourcing your PMO, I'd like you to think about the ways that you could be creating a lot more risk for that investment than necessary. I'll also talk to you about what you can do instead of true 100% outsourcing to get your PMO set up and running in a way that will truly make the impact you're trying to make, will truly help you deliver on the organization strategy and not drive you absolutely crazy in the process. Okay, the first reason that you may wanna consider not outsourcing your PMO is you will lose some control. When you outsource your PMO, you're giving up some control in areas where you may not want to have your hands tied. Ultimately, you will not be able to control things like staffing changes, how important this effort is for the team running the PMO, when it's owned and run by internal resources, the organization has a greater level of control over the priority and the resourcing. So one example might be choosing which staff are hired. Another example might be how they perform their internal functions, how they engage with your rest of your organization, how they're building relationships, how they're developing the platforms, the order of priority for the various projects they wanna roll out, and ultimately where and how they focus their energy. Here's the thing, if you're so busy doing other things and the PMO is a completely outsourced function, when you're not looking, they're gonna do what they're gonna do. And that may sound crazy, but I've seen it so many times. They're going to have their process that they follow. They're gonna have the trust us, we know better kind of approach. And the next several things I'm gonna go through could be severely impacted by the fact that you've lost that control. Don't worry, we'll talk about the things you can do differently after we talk about these risks you need to be looking for when you are bringing in outsiders to run a function that truly belongs inside your organization. Here's an example. The culture of your PMO will be one that is based upon the culture and the individual beliefs and value system of everybody that's in the PMO. And if none of those people come from inside your organization, it is very possible that the way they operate, that subculture that they build, is not in alignment with the morals, the values, and the culture and belief system of your organization. Every organization has a culture, a way that they operate, a way that they engage, a way that they build relationships, a way that work gets done. There's the formal structure and the informal structure. There's so many dynamics that go into culture. And I truly believe what people say that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Therefore, you can have the best strategy in the world. You can have an outsourced PMO that was completely approved and supported and everyone's very excited about how it's going to implement the PMO services and capabilities, how it's going to help the organization deliver strategy. And then you have a culture that's built in this PMO that is not in alignment with the culture of your organization. It will be a disaster. So consider that as one example of the way that you will lose some control and the organization just won't feel like it belongs if it doesn't suit the culture and fit the culture. Here's another example. Strong relationships will be a lot more difficult to foster. So much of the PMO build out and operation is dependent upon building key relationships with stakeholders that interact with the PMO. 
not just the senior leadership team. I can remember being inside one organization and I was a top level executive in the organization. And we brought in a very large firm that was going to help us build out our capabilities and help us with all of the transformation work that we were going to do. And they spent all of their time building relationships with the C-suite. And what I found was that they didn't invest any time in building relationships with the people that were going to be impacted or influenced by the outcomes of the work we were doing. In fact, they never met with those people at all. They never met with the stakeholders and other parts of the organization. They came in, they got the check signed by the executive, and they worked only with the executives to help build out these services and capabilities and the new processes that were going to be run. So what happened when it came time to start rolling out all of this capability and these services? They didn't have any relationships with the stakeholders that were impacted. And in fact, it felt very, very ugly to engage with those resources in the eyes of the stakeholders because they felt like things were just being done to them and they hadn't been a part of the process at all. When the resources are external, it can be a lot harder to forge strong bonds among the PMO staff and the internal stakeholders that are going to benefit from the services and capabilities that are going to be delivered. So that leads me to the next risk that you run by outsourcing the PMO. It won't be their idea. What I mean is it won't be the idea of the people inside the organization. It's one thing to leverage consultants to bring in new ideas or help you in articulating the ideas that you would like to execute in the organization in an industry-backed kind of way. And it's another thing completely to turn over the ownership of implementing those ideas to a third party. By outsourcing your PMO, you risk alienating all of those that are responsible for interacting with the PMO. It's someone else's idea, agenda, or plan. And the people internally won't necessarily have a sense that they can provide input into the process or that they can call it their own because it's not. You will need the internal staff of the organization to ensure your PMO is effective and sustainable by bringing them into the process early and often to develop the approach and participate in the execution. You are positioning the PMO for the best possible success from the start when you do that. Here's another challenge you have related to relationships and stakeholders. There's always gonna be someone else to blame. One sure way to prevent driving accountability in an organization is to give it to a consultant. If you want your team to truly embrace the PMO and interact with the organization, the PMO that you're building, build it internally as a team. You can absolutely leverage consultants to support the effort, but the main driving force and those that are truly accountable for the delivery should be well-respected internal staff with the proper authority to deliver the results that are expected. Think about it. Even if at the top level, your PMO leader is a consultant, they still don't have the same authority or relationships or ability to truly be accountable to the organization for the impact the PMO is making. Here's another risk that comes up. You could have an us and them mentality. When you outsource the creation and or the operation of your PMO to an outside vendor, you risk the organization treating it 
like an outside thing that they don't really have to be a part of. Some service organizations can be outsourced with some good success, but a lot of those are administrative or they are boxed in. They are a finite start and finish and don't really need much customer interaction, relationship management, or internal organizational savvy. But a PMO is so integral to the execution of the business strategy of the organization that outsourcing it puts your company's future in the hands of an outsider. And once you do, you position those in the organization to treat that PMO as a separate entity entirely that they can distance themselves from, therefore setting the PMO up for extinction right from the start. And another big one, probably one of the biggest from my perspective, is that you aren't building capability internally. You may have heard the saying, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day, teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. I believe very strongly in teaching the people in organizations how to fish for themselves instead of doing the fishing for them. In fact, I insist on it in every consulting engagement that we do. Every good relationship will someday come to an end. What I mean by that is for many different reasons, some of which may be the above, you may want to take over the management of your PMO at some point, or frankly, the money will eventually dry up. Or if they're not doing it right, it's going to go away and need to be reincarnated as something else anyway. Remember, a good half of PMOs fail, and this is one of the reasons why. If you have not invested in building that capability internally, you're essentially having to start over. And here's a couple more things to consider before we talk about what you can do to leverage outside consultants to help you along your journey. Another thing to consider is that you're very likely to get a cookie cutter approach. I have seen this time and time again, and I'll dive deeper into this in the upcoming episode where I talk about what to look for when hiring a consultant. But for now, just think about this. If this is what this company does and they go into organization after organization after organization, and they've got their process and their framework, you've got to make sure that they aren't applying a cookie cutter approach to the actual execution and delivery. It's one thing to have a framework. In fact, my students and my consulting clients go through the same framework to help them build and run a PMO, to help them evolve their PMO to continue to meet the shifting business needs. It's my Impact Engine PMO training program and framework, and it works every time. However, what I don't prescribe in there is a cookie cutter approach to project delivery, for example. I don't say all projects must look like this. All projects must have these 55 templates that you need to fill out. All projects follow this waterfall methodology or this agile methodology. What I help you build is the PMO that fits the needs of the organization. In fact, the whole second module is about assessing the organization for impact opportunities and building what suits that organization. When you have an outsourced PMO, you are very likely going to get a cookie cutter approach to addressing the problem. 
Now, I'm not saying this happens 100% of the time, but I have seen multiple consulting companies come in and give me the same cookie cutter approach that they gave the last five clients. And you know what? It often didn't work. And by the time we ended up customizing it or changing it to fit our needs, we wasted a lot more time than if we had just focused our energy on assessing the organization for where we should be focusing our important time and energy and solving those business problems. You see, they might say, well, first you have to build a project management methodology. Second, you have to put a template set in place. Third, you have to create and implement a tool. Fourth, you have to, you see the idea. That's not the way it should be done every time. That's why it's so important to really know your organization's business needs and really understand where the opportunities are to create value and create value quickly, as opposed to spending a year or more. And yes, that's what a lot of PMOs take to get set up a year or more. Frankly, used to be two years, but nobody has the patience for that anymore. So they jam it all into one year and it's still the same cookie cutter approach. Instead of saying, you know what? Right now, we can survive just fine with spreadsheets. We got to figure out what the heck we're trying to solve here, what business problem we're creating a solution for. In fact, most of the organizations that I've gone in and worked with, I have told them, if you start with a tool, I do not want to be in business with you. And if you start with templates and if you start with creating a whole bunch of methodology, we're off track already. Because first, we've got to really peel back the layers and understand where the pain points are and how you can help build credibility for your PMO and for yourself as a leader by addressing those pain points first. Then you can have a conversation around how are we going to continue to evolve the organization to meet the shifting needs or meet additional needs. And we talked a lot about this when we went through my techniques for building and running and sustaining a PMO in episodes 19 through 24. So if you want to dive deep on that, on the right way to do it, all of that is there for you. When you outsource your PMO, it is a lot more likely to be an administrative function than a true partner to the organization. Think about it. They're either applying this cookie cutter approach or they are outsourced meaning the source of all of this energy and building and running of the PMO is something someone else is doing. Think about it. Physically and mentally, we are seeing that organization as something that's separate from us. And if you're lucky, you aren't missing the opportunity to build the relationships and all that. Somebody's still doing it. But the actual functioning becomes very administrative. Administrative PMO is never truly going to earn a seat at that table because you will always be seen as box checkers. You will always be seen as overhead. You will always be seen as a cost center. In fact, I heard something recently that I'm going to need to address on an upcoming episode because it hit me so hard and not in a good way. Someone said that the PMO is not a profit center. It is a charity. And I disagree with that wholeheartedly. The PMO is not a charity. The PMO can absolutely contribute to the bottom line and sure as heck should be if it wants to stay around. The PMO absolutely should be responsible for contributing to how the organization makes an impact. And we as PMO leaders need to make sure that we know how to show that impact, measure that impact, and contribute to the bottom line. 
We absolutely should be focused on return on investment and how we're helping to drive the strategy delivery in the organization. And we absolutely should get credit for that. But we don't get credit for it if we aren't measuring for it, if we aren't looking for it. Again, we'll talk about that on another upcoming episode. But just think about that. We're not a charity. We're not administrative overhead. We are responsible for driving value, driving return on investment for whatever that investment is and whatever that return looks like for the organization. We need to be contributing to the bottom line if we want to be a part of the PMO of the future where PMOs are going is not administrative overhead. The entire agile movement slaps the administrative PMO in the face. And it should, because if we are a box checking organization, we are not going to be a part of the PMOs of the future. The PMOs of the future are much more nimble and flexible, and yes, even agile in helping the organization achieve its goals and helping to accelerate performance and helping to drive greater delivery, helping to achieve a higher return on investment. So we absolutely do not want to think of ourselves as administrative function, nor do we want the PMO to be set up as one. And if you have an outsourced PMO, how are they going to be able to build those relationships? How are they going to truly be able to get a seat at that table and help drive the decisions for the organization if they're just an outsourced function? One final thought on all this before we consider ways that we can make consultants and outsourcing work. And it's probably the most important of all. Let's say you put a solid risk management plan in place to address every single one of these issues related to the relationship building, the administrative overhead, the us and them mentality, looking for someone else to blame, it not being their idea, culture challenges, not having control, all of the things that we've talked about so far. Let's say you address all of that. And your outsourced PMO is at least somewhat or even mostly successful. And then the funding dries up. And then it's time for the consultants to leave. And then what happens? Your outsourced PMO can fall apart completely because you didn't take the time to build that capability internally. In fact, if they built those relationships, those relationships were built between the stakeholders in your organization and these consultants that are leaving. If you took time to gain that credibility, the credibility is with the consultants that are leaving. If they conquered the us and them, that us and them was conquered between the consultants that are leaving and your stakeholders. The control was with that consultant not with you. So all of the risks that we've talked about thus far, if you are not careful, if you don't watch those, if you don't build the capabilities internally, if you don't build those strong relationships with people that are going to be around, the people that are actual employees of the organization, if you don't make it the idea of the stakeholders, it shouldn't even be the PMO leader's idea, by the way, insourced or outsourced. It's not even supposed to be the PMO that has the idea. It comes from the stakeholder pain points and the needs the stakeholders have. So all of these things need to be watched very carefully and think about it. When those consultants leave, 
if everything came from them, if everything was under their authority, if they were making the decisions, if they were building the relationships, if they were driving the change, it is going to be like starting over if you have to then fill all the gaps once they leave. That's why you can build it with them and you can build the relationships with the stakeholders in your organization directly and then just leverage the consultant for the expertise and the knowledge and the support and the manpower to execute on your internal vision, not the vision of those outsourced consultants. Okay, so there are some reasons why you might want to consider not completely outsourcing your PMO. And for all of my consultants listening, think about it this way. Those risks that I just talked about there is just a sampling of the scenarios that could lead to overall PMO failure which means you as the consultant fails too. If the PMO isn't effectively delivering the benefits as expected that are worth the investment that's being made, the organization is not sustainable. The client is not getting what they bargained for. The client is not getting their return on investment. This can lead to payments not being made, reputations being ruined, and loss of future business. When the client wins, the consultant wins. And I know this because my consulting business has been referrals and reputation. And here's the cool thing. If you do this right, if you get the big win for the client, not only do you get so many referrals from that business because you've created a raving fan with that organization, but they will find other ways to work with you because you're becoming a trusted partner. And when you become a trusted partner by solving that problem, they're looking for other ways to call on you in the future. In fact, I've had executives move from one organization to the next. And then when they get to that next organization, they're looking for ways to bring me in. They're looking for opportunities to engage me because they want that same high impact outcome that made them look so good in the last organization. Okay, so what can consultants do and how can you leverage consultants to be a huge help to you when you are building and running a PMO? Can you effectively leverage consultants to help you set up or even rescue your PMO? Absolutely. In fact, not only can you, in some cases, you should be leveraging a consulting firm to help you. However, I would highly encourage you to build a partnership with a consulting firm, maintaining ultimate ownership and a hands-on interest and investment in the PMO development and operation to ensure the long-term success of the PMO. This is ultimately better for you and for the consulting firm because the PMO is being set up for success from the start. Everyone wins. So let's look at a few areas where you can leverage a consulting firm to help you without 100% outsourcing. They can help you by providing external industry perspective. They can tell you what other organizations are doing. They can tell you what's working. They can give you ideas. Look out for that cookie cutter, but they can actually give you some perspective on what others are doing. They can help you establish the PMO framework and services for your organization that best fits your organization. One really great way to use consultants, depending on the culture of your organization, is to interview internal stakeholders and help you with assessing your current environment. Sometimes 
Your stakeholders will tell everything to a consultant and say things they might not say to you. Now, this isn't always the case. And so, so much of this depends on the culture of the organization, but that can absolutely be useful if you know you're in an organization where they just don't really tell you to your face what they're thinking. You know those organizations, you might even work in one of those. They can help you by defining best practices and approaches that have been proven in your type of organization or that are proven to work in certain scenarios but it's got to be based on the pain points you're having. It can't just be first we do this, then we do this, then we do this from a process templates, tools kind of perspective. It's got to really be based on here's the pain point we've identified in our interviewing of stakeholders, in our assessing the current environment, in us talking about the pains we're experiencing. And here is a solution that has worked for that. Insider tip here, make sure that you ask them for an example of where they've done this before and have them talk about the pain that company was experiencing, have them be very specific about that pain. And if they're not, say, tell me more, tell me more. Hear the story of the pain that they helped somebody solve using exactly what they're recommending for you. You wanna be listening for that because that helps you understand if what they're recommending actually works and if they truly have experience implementing that thing. They can also provide education and resources that'll help you build your own capability internally. For example, in my consulting practice, one part of the program is that they have to go through my impact engine signature course because that PMO course takes you through so many of the fundamentals, the foundation that you need to learn and that you need to understand. And everybody that's a part of the PMO takes that program And then we're able to accelerate our actual impact and our delivery of services and capabilities because everyone's on the same page and everyone knows exactly what to expect. And they have this whole shift in mindset about what the PMO can do and about how they're going to serve the organization. And I'm telling you, this program is the favorite of executives because the executives are thinking and often saying, Finally, someone that's speaking my language, somebody that's helping me solve real business problems as opposed to project problems. That's a really good way to leverage an outsourced consulting organization to help you with education and resources to save you time and energy in having to figure it out the hard way. And what about all those risks that we talked about when it comes to outsourcing the PMO? Don't lose control. Stay engaged in the process with your PMO own the development and delivery of the PMO. And one really important way to do that is to use internal resources. Now you can absolutely bring in staff to augment the PMO, but you want to make sure that you have someone or multiple people that are actually in the organization that know the organization, that have relationships in the organization to help you build that PMO. Many of the times that I was hired as a PMO leader inside organizations, I was an outsider brought in as an employee. And so I still had to do the work to build the relationships and to understand the culture and figure out those pain points. But I was an employee. And I was treated like an employee. I wasn't a consultant. I wasn't a contractor. I was there as a part of them. I became one of them. 
And I focused a lot of my energy on building those strong relationships. And instead of outsourcing the PMO or even outsourcing the team, we pulled team members from different parts of the organization that were doing PMO or project management-like activities. So for example, if there were six departments in the organization and I was building an enterprise PMO, we actually got somebody from each department and brought them into the PMO. And the cool part of that is that everybody now had a stake in the outcome. Everybody had to give a little to participate in creating a better PMO solution for the entire enterprise. And there were so many advantages to the fact that each one of those people that were pulled from other parts of the organization had relationships in that part of the organization. So instead of having a bunch of outsourced people that knew nothing about the organization, we pulled in one person from each department. They had the relationships. They were somebody that had reputation for being a bridge builder, for being somebody that could help make things happen, that was an influencer. And so the PMO had instant credibility because we had an influencer and somebody with relationships already in the PMO that could work with each of those departments. So when we were doing reach out, when we were trying to sit down and have conversations with them about the pain points, one, that person actually knew a thing or two about the pain points they were experiencing, but also had the relationships and knew how to get on the calendars of the people in that part of the organization. They were so much more effective helping us move the needle and helping us get on the calendars, have the meetings, have the right conversations, and ultimately implement the capabilities. So an alternative to outsourcing is insourcing and bringing those people from other parts of your organization into the PMO so that everybody has a stake in the game. For example, if the finance department gives up one of their resources to come be a part of the PMO, then they're going to be very interested and invested in making sure that that PMO is successful. They're also going to have an inside look at what's going on. And you want that. One of the biggest reasons that PMOs fail is that they're treated, even if they are built with internal staff, as outsourced functions. If you treat it like it's an outsourced function, meaning there's no relationship building, they're not a part of the culture, they're not having the right conversations with stakeholders, not bringing stakeholders through the process with them, then you're going to have a just as difficult time building a PMO that actually is embraced by the organization. So everything you do needs to be about finding ways to continue to foster those relationships and build credibility by solving those business problems quickly. So you've got to be engaged. You've got to have your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the organization. So if you do bring in resources, if you do look for ways to engage third parties to help you with the process, here's what I'd recommend. Don't have it be the PMO leader themselves. Make the PMO leader a strategic hire for your organization and a full-time employee so that it's about us, not us and them. And then if you can't borrow resources permanently from other parts in the organization, you could treat it as a job rotation. You could make it a one-year job rotation that's all about career development, skills development for that individual. Or if you can't even do that and you've got to bring people from the outside, then they should be reporting to someone that is an employee. 
that PMO leader that you've either hired as a strategic hire or that you have pulled into this role from another part of the organization. And we'll talk a lot about staffing and hiring in some future episodes that I'm doing, but just consider this. The PMO leader does not actually have to be an expert at project management or building and running PMOs. It's helpful if they built and run PMOs before, but if you don't have anyone like that in your organization, what's most important is that they know the culture, they know how to solve business problems, they understand relationships, and they're really good at hiring. Because then you can bring in outside consultants to work for that PMO leader to help with the knowledge gaps. So that's a great place to bring in PMO resources if you have to bring them in from the outside is those areas we talked about, that external experience, that training, that knowledge, having frameworks, having other resources that you can leverage. All of that can come in, but should always come in to an internal employee that's leading the PMO and has ultimate accountability for the PMO. And when you avoid those risks and when you find ways to really truly make this a PMO that belongs to and is of your organization by building those partnerships in the organization, by making sure that it is treated as an internal function, we avoid all of that us and them conversation. We avoid all of that. We don't have to engage because that's you guys over there that we're not a part of you can really make a big impact with the PMO. All right, that's it for today. In future episodes, we're going to talk about how to find and hire consultants. And we're also going to talk a lot about talent, talent from the PMO leadership perspective and finding and hiring the right talent for your PMO. And some of what I share with you will surprise you. Cannot wait to hear what you think about this episode and those upcoming episodes related to all things staffing your PMO. Thank you so much for your time today. I am so honored that you're allowing me to spend time with you as you're exercising, as you're showering, as you're running around doing the millions of things I know you're doing as a busy PMO leader. And don't forget to join me for my upcoming workshop at pmostrategies.com forward slash workshop, where we are going to assess the health of your PMO, or if you're just starting a PMO, assess the opportunities for you to make a stellar impact right away. And then we're going to put our plan in place to help you make 2020 the highest impact year for your PMO. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash workshop. I cannot wait to see you there.